It's the Football Ramble, friends. We're on pens, we're defending with our hands tied behind our backs, but we are never, ever conceding. It's Monday, the 9th of November. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm ravishing Rick Donaldson. What a jolly old Monday we've got for you. But before we get started, we also have a brand new episode of At The Match on Football Ramble Presents. It's available right now. Andy Brassel, it's a lovely one, this. He got to see his beloved AFC Wimbledon finally return to Plough Lane after 29 years. Emotional. Oh, it's such a... He got back and there was a big head of the Statue of Liberty sticking out the ground. He went, it was earth all along! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and and in addition to that, he uh, he watched from the stands as the Dons played their first game at their new stadium against Doncaster Rovers. He also spoke to some legends of the club about what it means to see their side return home after all those years away. If you want to find that, if that tickles your fancy, search Football Ramble Presents in your podcast app and give it a listen. Are they different from MK Dons? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, although Andy's going to be listening to that's a great it's a great it is a great tale and Andy's been mm. been champing at the bit for a long time to get back there um, to the point of where he has been sending various construction photos of the stadium to me on WhatsApp over the months and years so uh, I'm pleased for him that he's got to Lovely. go back there yeah yeah hopefully was... he got a green tea I, that's an interesting question yeah. I would have thought it probably is the kind of football club where you could get that these days You'd yeah, hope so. You'd hope I so. so. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's, that kind of stuff is important. We shouldn't say that people shouldn't be able to get green tea at football matches. But when Andy asked for one, the woman's face at Peckham <clears> Town, which can be heard as well on that the match over in Football Realm Presents, her face is something I will never forget. Mm. At the new Plough Lane, actually, there's a really good um, independent craft brewery just off of it. So <laughs> there I, I used to. Uh, there is. I yeah, know there is. Yeah. Um, something in. like the, lap sang, the, the Horns. Yeah. The, okay. By the Horns. I used to frequent it often when I was living in the local area and take little spy photos for Andy to make sure he was make fully sure up to see. Checking on the construction. Speed. Put your hard hat on. <laughs> yeah. Put a high vis on, wandering around. Oh, the japes I've yeah. had in that construction site, Luke. Yeah. Is that the four woman? She doesn't even work. <laughs> yeah. It's very friendly. Um, yeah. Such a lot to get into, guys. We should probably crack on. But first of all, how much FA Cup first round action did you manage to get your teeth into? Because there was a lot, ladies and gentlemen. There was a lot of upsets. Cup sets, of course. Cup sets are a word that should always be employed when possible. Yeah. Um, those who didn't get their teeth into uh, Crawley uh, beating Torquay 6-5 <laughs> should um, be thoroughly ashamed of themselves because that was an absolute... Banger. Uh, speak, I mean, what, Pete, what do you like to get your teeth into most? You, you're a big fan of the kind of old school 80s, 90s kind of chewy sweets, aren't you? Oh, I, thought you I, thought I was going to go for a pepperami wide boy. Okay, yeah, it's a pepperami wide boy of a mm. game. Cheese string. Cheese string. Mm. Uh, the the ones so. with the turn, the turns. It's what? not just one Your colour. Teeth of bounce off, though, Kate's trying to slum it of us. <laughs> <laughs> I really love a cheese oh, string. Oh, look, I uh, really enjoy Dairy Lee on, on foie gras. <laughs> it's like listening to a Tory cabinet minister. What, what are the poor people like? Cheese strings? <laughs> kaleidoscopes. Do you like kaleidoscopes? <laughs> yeah, we're only allowed bubbles. Cheese string for me and Pete is on a Sunday afternoon. That's like our roast dinner. Oh, right. It's a treat. That's what you have on the cheese board, I guess. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'd bloody love to have a cheese ball with you, Kate, and you put some cheese strings out there. Yeah. It'd be fantastic. That's actually one of the first things you sent me when you were trying yeah. to woo me for the ramble. Yeah. Mm. Picture of your cheese board. There we go. There you go. Click yeah. behind the curtain. That's Patreon exclusive content, that. Mm. Don't be putting that out to the everyone, to the proles. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, the reason that, that Torquay 5, Crawley 6 was such a good game was partly because it was the world's longest football match, because mm. it went to extra time and because there was sadly a, a quite, a, quite a, a long uh, injury break during the game. But the, the best thing, and we've said, that, said this over the years on, on the Ramble, I think, but around this time of year with um, first round fo- um, FA Cup is you get local commentators you yes. are so clearly biased for the home team mm-hmm. that it's amazing. And if you go onto the BBC website and watch the highlights of the, of the Torquay Crawley game, um, the commentator, when Crawley have scored to make it 6 5 in the final minute, it was one of the most remarkable finishes to a cup game you'll ever see. He just goes, Oh, Crawley have done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And also, oh, um, no. to put it in perspective for those who didn't see it, uh, Torquay were 5 3 up in mm. the second half of extra time, and they lost the game. They didn't even go to penalties. Outstanding. I mean, to be, this is exactly how the Premier League have been operating for the past true. few yeah, weeks. True, exactly, so yeah. I wouldn't worry about it. It's true. It was, it was an amazing <laughs> um, amazing game. Uh, well worth a, a turn of the head on the old highlights. And mm. shout out to 8th tier Marine as well for oh. being Colchester United on penalties. Marine in goal. Royal Marine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw. I had um, a manager of one of the football teams I played for, who used to play for Marine. Good guy, uh, much older. He was mad. So I don't know if that's got anything mm. to do with with Marine. Wait, have we learnt to be mad at Marine? <laughs> well, they're in it for the first round for the first time in twenty five years. Amazing, what ready a story. to party. They're quite. They're, they're obviously a very very old club, but uh, and they have had some appearances in the in the second third rounds as well, of course. But. Um, I think the most uh, pertinent point is that their kit is lovely. Yeah, what uh, what is their kit? I didn't see what it looked like. It's a Sam Sparrow black and gold. Is it really? Mm, black. It's that lovely. is a throwback to the to those noughties music fans out there. <laughs> uh, I'm rapping a Sam Sparrow, eh? I'm picturing no. Jack Sparrow, but I don't think that's yeah. what you're talking about. Not really just, that similar, What happened to yeah. Just Jack? Who's that? I don't even know that. Why do you want to go put stars in your eyes? Oh, stars yeah. in your eyes. That wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, you're the man for this because you were on Absolute Radio the whole time. Well, I was on XFM at that point and I did his uh, CD single launch. Did you really? Mm, and on the P- ones and twos. And uh, Absolute Radio, famously home of the no repeat guarantee. Absolutely. Mm. Right. How many times did you break that no repeat guarantee? Oh, so many times. Yeah. I played Swayed before the news, Swayed after the news, the same song. Okay. <laughs> So I'm it's a wild not man. really a guarantee so much as a, a guidance. A they guideline. used to give away digital radios until I started. <laughs> if you spotted a repeat, they would give you a digital radio. <laughs> and then they thought I was a liability. We're so out they of stopped doing that. We're out of business. Just a massive warehouse for <laughs> digital radios off of that. I sometimes forget that we're in the presence of showbiz royalty. I know, right? in I, the know. House. I know. And um, can I also just wrestle it back and say that um, <laughs> Wayne Rooney's brother scored from inside his own heart? Good Lord. 60 yards, eh? Amazing. Easy. And, can, I, and can, I, I, can I posit that it's probably one of the better Rooney uh, on half, almost on half goals. Mm. I mean, Wayne's done a while too as well himself. He's done. He has done some, but I think the one that he's kind of celebrated for. Who was in net for West Ham? Oh, uh, I think it might have been Adrian. It might have been Adrian. I think it was Adrian. Yeah, he kind of he he celebrated on the spot. Yeah, Yeah. he kind of got a bit confused and stuff. I think his Wayne Rooney's uh, best all and a half goal, which is ridiculous that we've got so many to choose from, uh, was his was Everton's the the one he scored um, to complete his hat trick for Everton. Right, a couple of years ago. Where he kind of like put it down. Yeah, it was beautifully kind of like put down the corridor of chance. For the goalkeeper, it was beautifully done, but and also the one he scored uh, for, in Washington as well. Apparently, Joe Hart was lobbed by him once as well. Mm, right, um, apparently, yeah. I, I, um, I, I, I just want to put it out there to everyone that you know it's a difficult um, time to go. Obviously, we can't go and watch football or mm. whatever. So, watching first run FA Cup 
and it'll be the same in second round FA it's Cup. Treat. And if we get some teams through in the third round, the third round FA Cup weekend is my favourite weekend mm. of the season. It's amazing. And hopefully we get a little bit of that replicated this year, even though everything's slightly different. But, may, um, may I recommend seeing Charlie's winner against uh, Wigan. Wigan without a 10. Bloody hell, bloody Wigan, 2013 Con- champions. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Bit Connor, of a fool. Connor Hall uh, took the ball down with a Cantona-esque kind of takedown over the shoulder, yeah. leg out to his uh, out to his right-hand side uh, and then slotted it home. It was a fantastic finish. I, I am heavily seduced by the idea. <laughs> uh, I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone who plays for Charlie. I don't know anyone who plays for Charlie. I'm sure they're all amazing athletes but I like the idea that you get players at that level who are really good but they just mm. don't want to commit themselves to it they don't want to dedicate themselves to it they, they, they want to go out with their mates they want to have a, a good time and enjoy their lives and maybe they don't fancy the pressure and that's completely up to them but what it means is you do get ability at that level that where you, I, where I, you go whoa that's amazing I think watching um, I saw Burton said Town quite recently and they are uh, looking back at what Hartlepool United were in the all third division uh, probably about 10 years ago, when 15 years ago. I got kicked up the bum by a Darlington fan. Yeah. Um, a grown Darlington man at, at that. And he, uh, when you say up the bum? Yeah. It was a, dar- it was a, it was a right up the derby, anus. I think, in the FA Cup. With a pointy and, shoe. A, a big man kicked, him, kicked me up the bum when I was a kid. Pointy shoe right up the anus? Pointy shoe right up the anus. <laughs> and, uh, and the quality that Hartlepool displayed like 15 years ago in, in a league position... It's it's night and day compared yeah. to like the Berks said we're better than them and they're in like the seventh tier or something right, okay. like that. Non league football, the level and the uh, and just the physique of all of the people involved. You just don't see that kind of like fat bloke having a you know score. Why are you hat looking trick? at me when you say? That? <laughs> oh, you look away when you say scoring a hat trick. It's <laughs> Anyway, well, the the physical uh, jeopardy seemed to be more on Wigan's side. They were two 0 mm. up and managed to contrive to be defeated, but. 2013 is, as we know, a long time ago. Wild. Incidentally, when Gareth Bale lost, started in the Premier League. But we're not going to be talking about that game today. So we're going to be talking about Manchester City 1, Liverpool 1. Kevin De Bruyne missed a penalty out of what seemed like kind of courtesy, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard hard to fathom as to why he would be able to... How, when you're Kevin De Bruyne, you are able to miss the target by that much mm. like it, it doesn't make any sense because <laughs> do you think he was so accurate he went past infinity and then back around again maybe he did it's mm. possible actually. maybe it was actually the universe that moved yeah. and not Ke- yeah. Ke- Kevin De Bruyne like, well, this doesn't make any sense because the amount of processes that Kevin De Bruyne's uh, brain is capable of when he's playing the through ball mm. like angle of pass weight of pass time of pass he divided by zero he's the millennium bug he's, he's got, got the millennium bug he's got error calculator yeah. in his brain <laughs> E just come up E E yeah it was it was, it was a um, it was a a baffling thing to see from such a good player. And um, I think that is two of the worst penalties I've ever seen Steady. in the same weekend. Oh, right. Adam Luckman, uh, which was, I mean, L- very Luckman, difficult to L- quantify. Luckman was my favourite penalty of the season, I think, because it was like when someone hands you a baby and you go, I'm going to drop it. Go, <laughs> and then your brain goes, maybe I should just drop it and just get it up. It's going to happen anyway. It's going to happen anyway. And then we just went, oh, may as well just miss it because, you know. A, a nice insight into the Pete Donaldson <laughs> It's the first, Don't give me your baby. It's the because it was so late on in the game, <laughs> which is what women say to you a lot. So much stress. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, was, it was it was the first penalty miss I've seen in a game because it because it was so late on and because it was so vital for Fulham. It may prove to be even more vital throughout the season. It was the first penalty taken. Well, they're going down either way. So where he, where the first thing that came on his face was. I've got to go back in the dressing room in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't even time to get this out of our system. And he, I just felt so sorry for him. But at the same time, I was furious with him, even though I've got no vested mm. interest in it whatsoever. But anyway, the Man City-Liverpool game uh, was was um, 
kind of interesting for that reason, but also because the unified statements of both managers after the game about the demands being placed on the players, which I, I found, I don't know if I've ever seen that happen before. Uh, I can't remember it happening before, but it is interesting given that we've got such a long season ahead of us and there's still so so much more to go. And the, and Jurgen Klopp, I know he wears his heart on his sleeve and, and is very emotionally led, but he was saying stuff like, this is a crime. This is a crime about what we're making these players do. And I kind of agree with him. I, mm. I know that the, the general consensus is that if you give five subs instead of three, you're going to favour the big teams with the bigger squads. And that is an argument. And it's, and it's an argument I'm sympathetic to. But um, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but player safety is the most important thing. And if, if we mm. get into this stage, the, the quality of drop-off in that game through what I think looked like fatigue was mad for early November. But Man. it is interesting that they are, those who Pep and Jürgen Klopp, afterwards kind of embracing and discussing and looking a bit vengeful and then also Ole Gunnar Solskjaer bringing it up saying they were set up to fail in their what was it 12.30 win yeah. on Saturday um, it is the bigger clubs who seem to be making the bigger well, deal out well, of it of well, course they the are in, in Europe of course they yeah. are but, but equally you know they have benefits <laughs> It's not a one-way street, you know. Mm. They have benefits from being in Europe, but including all the money to get the bigger squads. Well, their only kind of their only kind of uh, bargaining chip really is to pull players out of international squads, and the and the national game will will, will suffer. We, we've seen that already with, with with England and stuff. So it's it's kind of, it's kind of sad to see. I don't know the reasons why certain clubs voted against it when this came up for when the five subs thing came up. up, up but I agree with Klopp. Why 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 uh, why can't players be moved? Why can't teams be moved around uh, the ones? That are playing late in the week in, in Europe. It just seems baffling, especially in this truncated season. I mean, it, well, you've got to squeeze a lot more stuff in. Well, you think that United have to go to Turkey. Mm. I mean, like I understand the point. I mean, the answer to your question, Pete, about why it wasn't voted through, I think is because the smaller teams, in quotes, thought that it would favour the bigger teams. Mm. They were given an unfair advantage. And because of the way football is these days, there are probably 13 or 14 teams in the Premier League who are just terrified of relegation mm. because it could mean a terrible, terrible consequence for them. So I guess that's why. Mm. But the players' safety... Is is paramount, and I think you know we talked about why there are more goals in in in, in games, and, I, and and I've I've said it, I think it's because there's no crowds, and I do think that's the case, but it could well be because players are fatigued as well, and because the preseason was so truncated, and because of the environment we're working in, and and the way, the best way to think about it, I think, is we can all sit here around this table and agree the world has changed. The world's changed in a massive way, right? Football hasn't changed. The Premier League hasn't changed. Mm. Still playing the same amount of games. Still playing the same schedule. In, in, in fact, they're playing a tighter schedule. So no concession has been made in terms of the amount of games that the, the teams will have to play. And it's the players who are going to suffer. You know, so to me, it seems, it seems mad. I also think what it probably might, means is that we might well see a team that's not in Europe do brilliantly in the Premier League this season. I think we could see a team that's not in Europe go very close to winning the title this season because of this. Some people might see that as a, as a massive benefit. Um, one of the players who who looks to have been in fairly badly injured in that game was Trent Alexander-Arnold. He went off with a calf strain and, and uh, Liverpool have confirmed that he will miss those upcoming England internationals this week. Young Klopp answering the question of whether you start Roberto Firmino or Diego Jota with Stick the answer, all in just there. play them all, all four yeah. up front. What's the issue? I thought it was good. I, I don't think you could do that with players that don't work quite as hard. I think you need players who are who are busy, 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 and, and apply pressure uh, backwards and forwards. So I, I thought it was a really, really positive start to, to that match. I thought it was, it was wasn't a it? really good first yeah. half. And I, and I think by the end, it just turned into a bit of a stalemate where nobody wanted to drop any points. So well. 
Do you think it was that? Or do you think it, point do you think it was that? Or do you think it was fatigue? A little bit of both, I think. I think yeah. I think his <clears> arguments <throat> say say both things were, were true. I thought Kyle Walker had a particularly poor oh, a time of things. What about Keno? Keno sticking the boot in on him. <laughs> and, and, and and do you know what? Keno, uh, the, it's such a pithy line. Why why is why is um, Sadio Mane been able to win the penalty there? Because he's playing against an idiot. It was, it's an amazing <laughs> line. And a lot of football people on Twitter are, 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 are starting to starting to regularly complain about Roy Keane being on the TV now in the same way that it was complained about Graham Souness. Right. And I'm not talking about the Pogba thing, which had a little bit of a dark undertone, which, which you know, we can put to one side for, for this conversation. But people are complaining about Roy Keane because they're saying, what does he offer? What does he offer, right? And what they're missing is the fact that most people, if not the overwhelming majority of people, watch football for entertainment purposes, right? Mm. They don't care if, you know, there's overlapping centre-backs and the formation changes to this without the ball and in the second mm. half they move to this forward. Most people don't care about that. They want to be entertained. And Roy Keane's absolute box office on the TV. That's why he's going to be on it. Mm. That's why you're here. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm certainly not here to talk about anything, <laughs> anything conducive towards tactics. But, but I just felt, I just think he's, he's, he's absolute must-watch. And, and the anecdotal thing I'll say is that my wife's not that bothered about football. She likes sport. She'll, she'll watch a game if it's on. But if Roy Keane's on, she wants to watch it. Oh, so it's like it's like looking at Vesuvius. <laughs> yeah. That's going to blow yeah. at some point, and yeah. we're all going to be fucked. I think that's why people listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> Someone exactly. said to me, "You can't call players an idiot," and I was thinking, was it last week or the week before where <laughs> Roy Keane was saying he was going to attack someone for not, <laughs> for not putting in a pass? Yeah. Like, I just look, yeah. and, and Mika Richards has, um, you know, kind of shaved off his edges a little. Yeah, bit. A be- there was a beautiful Aww. on Instagram. He was like ripping the piss out of him, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, yeah. Michael Richards. Michael, every time Roy Keane tried to throw Michael Richards a steal look <laughs> on his Instagram story you can just hear Michael Rich cracking up in the background yeah. at him well because because uh, we'll hear it in the in, in the break but um, he, there's a there's a, just a wonderful moment where Mika Rich has noticed that uh, obviously under Covid uh, restrictions you have to put your own uh, makeup on uh, yeah. in, for certain companies uh, and Roy Keane had a bit of foundation in his hand <laughs> Just brought it, brought it no, what's that in your hand? He goes, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. <laughs> you think full foundation, that's impressive. Most well, people just stick to the old powder on the mm. gents' side of side of things. So, so whenever right. in the limited in the limited amount of times I've done TV, sometimes you get this little spray. Yeah, that's oh, that's right. advanced. Is it? Oh, and they're looking at me and going, rem- fucking hell. Rem- <laughs> let's, let's just do what we can. Rem- the last uh, uh, cat on camera job I did before Christmas uh, was uh, the makeup lady, uh, the floor manager and the makeup lady came over and went, uh, Peter, could we see in the green room? And we went, yeah. I went to the green room. We're gonna to have to tape down your nipples. Oh, did that? Oh, you no! said because they got very pointy nipples. You can cut glass on pig's nipples. Yeah. I'm telling you. Are they large? It's a as phenomenon. Well as... No, they're not large. They're just very pointy. Yeah. And what? this is a very thick shirt. And you were and wow, through a jacket. Very yeah. impressive. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh how, yeah. How did you take that? Did you take it personally, or did you think, oh, no, pr- I proud I of t- it? Completely understand. Yeah. Some people make more of a feature of it. Okay, we haven't talked much about the um, the interesting bit of handball. So we'll talk a little bit about some interesting handball in this Leicester against Wolves game because as a result of Liverpool not winning they didn't go top but they do still have a five point gap over Manchester City because who is top of the table heading into the international break yes it is Brandy's boys Brandy's boys boys. Marcus was trying he's texting me all night please can I please can I do Monday please (laughs) (laughs) I want to say things about Leicester being on the verge Uh, yeah Max Kilman sort of savaged by a cross coming at him from about five yards out by uh, Dennis Pretz Um, I can't remember who was on commentary actually on on Sky for this but he said something along the lines of he just went you're not going to get a penalty for that and there's disdain (laughs) in his voice with the word penalty (laughs) (laughs) There it was. Anthony Taylor looking at the screen. Mm. Penalty Leicester. I think it was a little bit closer than five yards, wasn't it? 
Probably. I think it was close. I mean, the, the Gomez it was one was extremely close. The Gomez one was further away, and I think the Gomez one I could. I've seen that given before. I think before the handball laws even changed. But the but the, the Leicester Wolves one, the, the the Max Gilman one was strange. And I think I think it's yeah. We don't want to come into this into the studio and talk about football and talk about handballs and stupid decisions all the time. But it's just it happens so often now. It's getting ridiculous. I mean, you got some kind of like hyper normalisation scenario where everyone knows it's ridiculous, <laughs> but, but, but we go through the motions but, but, of it. Bless him, Anthony we, Taylor. He looked embarrassed. But I, I think that I think that we have to. Stop, yeah. <laughs> I think we just have to stop talking about the, the handball rule because, as the rule standard, obviously that is that is a penalty, isn't it? And 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 we'll get to the end of the season, and the powers that be will surely look at how many penalties we've had already, just the, just already this season, and how if you extrapolate that along, it, it will be a hell of a lot more penalties than we had uh, yes. last season. Mm. Um, and and just say that just just too many or. This is the new, or, or more likely, they'll go, everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's, well, yeah. That's not even top 10 of the things we have to deal with. Well, the second half of the season, players will be so tired, they won't be able to lift their arms. <laughs> so it'll be, it'll be fine. They'll just be running with their arms for the side. Falling over yeah. like penguins. Yeah, like frozen dawn, penguins. Like day of the dead. Michael will be able to do the one with that bloody save. Oh, that was a beauty. Wax on, wax off. Hello, goodbye. That reminded me of Jordan Pickford's save for England against Colombia, which is always mm. forgotten because Colombia went and scored from the... Uh, the resulting I'll corner. never forget it the reason that Schmeichel save is so good is because you, if you look at his eye line there's no way you can. he could have seen when the strike was hit mm. it just comes from behind Beautiful. the defender and he goes from nowhere brilliant save brilliant save and and, and Vardy's um, legitimate penalty uh, you know, for for a foul, per us, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he actually, um, he obviously, obviously didn't score. So, but the problem is, there's no need to, there's no pressure on penalties these days because you're going to get another one in five minutes. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Come along at buses. Maybe thought, he was, I, sorry, Ked. Maybe he was extending Wolves the same courtesy that Kevin De Bruyne was uh, paying to, <laughs> yes. to Liverpool. I don't think there's any chance in the world that De Bruyne would miss that on purpose. No way. No way. And Vardy's an absolute shit. There's no way he could have... Don't come in this studio and tell me James Vardy cares, Jamie Vardy cares oh, about... James Ch- Vardy. Yeah, is that his real name? It probably isn't. Jamie Vardy does not care about justice. All right? I, was, I was surprised he didn't sort of finish the rebound. He's yeah, one of those kind of reactionary sort of instinctual players. I, th- I thought he might just be able to put that in. No, well... yeah. Marie Patricio yeah. had a good night in the Wolves goal. Uh, yeah, the second penalty you're talking about was James Justin sort of bamboozling, mm. ran out Nori. Uh, yeah, good, exciting game. It was. Sorry, Wolves fans. It was a bit tough. Mm. All right, we're going to get to a break now because coming up, it's going to be tough for some other fans. <laughs> I wish I knew. Look at me disgust in his face. <laughs> That's quick work from Pete Donaldson. Mm, nice one, mate. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Pete and Luke and me are here. Oh, Kate, I should probably say my name. Another, another one from the Donaldson hit machine. Turns around mm. really quick. Yeah, Stacks really them high, sells them cheap. I like it a lot. Mm. Were you working through the night on that? I was toiling at the... Adobe Audition face at the meme machine at the meme machine <laughs> oh it's beautiful Michael Rich is just it's so irrepressible isn't it you just yeah. you just feel like nothing would ever get him down not even <laughs> the disgust of Roy Keane alright then before we get to emails let's see how we got on in Betway's 4 to score this weekend and I have to say generally speaking we've been doing alright the form's mm. been pretty good mm. uh, entry to Betway's 4 to score is free as well 
Just to remind you, each week, pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly 50 grand jackpot. Uh, do make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. Uh, game one was uh, West Brom v Spurs. Marcus was feeling the pressure. He was sending a few messages around the WhatsApp saying that we've been doing so well. I'm first <laughs> up. Um, and we had a big discussion before Friday's show. And we said it had to be Son or Kane. Mm. He went for Son. It was Kane uh, because the law of the sod is very much alive and well. We all went for Son. I got a Son recently. He'd been a bit of a banker for yeah. that way. Yeah, I don't think it's a terrible shout. Um, no. I thought there was going to be a lot of goals in that game. I was surprised it was only 1-0. There was, there was only one. Uh, Leicester v Wolves was Jim's game. He picked Jamie Vardy. That was correct. Man City, Liverpool. Jules picked Mo Salah. That was also correct. Uh, Arsenal v Aston Villa. I picked Obama Yang. And it was Ollie Watkins because own goals don't count. Um, so we had two out of four, which is not bad. Yeah. And uh, We'll be back very soon with another round of Betway's 4 to score on the next preview show. All right, now it's time for these. All right, we got an email from Alex Chicken. Don't go chicken my heart. Uh, hi, all. hi all. I listened with amusement to Friday's discussion of whether Neil Morpé uh, really learned anything after being dropped due to egotism, uh, only for uh, Brighton to lose without him. It reminded me of a preseason match I refereed a few years ago between two high schools here in the US. One coach wanted to teach one of his players a lesson, so started the game with the bare minimum of legal players and instructed all but the player in question to sit down near the midfield line and prove to the player that he could not win games by himself do it on the training grounds that's what I would say don't do it during a match unfortunately for the coach the opposing team was so excited to score 11 versus 1 that they promptly ran themselves offside twice before finally figuring out how to legally get the ball in the net I'm not sure what message got across the intended target that's, that's mad that is mad very enjoyable though I like coaches who um, try and think outside the box try to get too big for their boots and just embarrass themselves and, and their team also psychologically abuse children. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's a baffling decision. And the thing I like about it is that you, you obviously get a certain type of school football coach who mm. genuinely wants to improve children and, and in kind of build, teach lessons to them through the medium of sport and teamwork and the rest of it. And they're very much bastions of their community. And then you get people who are just probably idiots mm. and they're going to be idiots whatever happens and this <laughs> happens to be the channel they choose and um, what are the other kids thinking like, <laughs> goes, all very well, I don't like, matter yeah can you take this <laughs> yeah. in your own time because yeah. I'll quite want to play mm. it's, it's crazy it's absolutely <laughs> insane yeah Two high schools, right? Okay, I thought you were you were making these people younger, but then than they actually were. But no, these were. I mean, they could because they could be like eighteen year olds. U.S. Right? high school goes from fourteen to eighteen. I think. Yeah, yeah. So so they, could, they could be fourteen. Okay. If they're 18, they're just not going to do it, are they? Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> get on with it. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, yeah I guess some of these uh, coaches get to deploy their masochism in yeah. new ways. Yeah, sadism though, isn't it? Sadism. Sorry, you're absolutely. Yeah. They're sadists. You to get that way. wrong, okay? New. <laughs> <laughs> Because of my intellect, I assume <laughs> you're implying. <laughs> All right, that's a lovely email. Thanks, guys. Keep sending them in. Show at footballramble.com.
Right, let's get to Arsenal's 3-0 defeat to Villa at the Emirates. Two goals for lapsed Arsenal fan Ollie Watkins and an own goal for Bukayo Saka. But uh, John McGinn also had a goal disallowed in the 48th second of the game after Ross Barkley was in the eye line. That was Bernd crazy. Leno. Mm. That was crazy. Just a little bit of four minutes of uh, VAR where everyone had to then get warmed back up again to restart. And then three good chances at least for Villa in the three minutes of stoppage <laughs> time. I mean, Doris Vassell, who was on, I was on Sky Sports News last night and he said there were probably three nine out of ten performances from Villa players. McGinn, Grealish and Ross Barkley. But I, I th- and he must have forgotten Watkins as well. It was, yeah. it was brilliant from yeah, and, and also I like this, this is football in microcosm in 2020 at one point as you alluded to there we'd had 400% more VAR than we had football damn right <laughs> because it took, I think it was one minute perfect the, ratio yeah one minute and then three and a half minutes or four minutes nice. of VR. yeah it was it was it was crazy I, I thought the, the, the decision was ridiculous anyway in my opinion but this is, is this not another example of look, don't get me wrong Villa are a good team actually I think that it's gone a bit under the radar how good they are on their day Ross Barkley yeah, what a signing they are fantastic and I think if you what we're seeing is if you are a, a, a team who are 5-10% below your intensity against a team who's had a week off which Villa had I mean they'd not played for 7 days before this game you can be in trouble and I think the fact that Arsenal had the Europa League they didn't look at it they didn't look um and the thing is I don't want to criticise them for saying they just didn't give a shit because clearly they do give a shit they just look really tired and that's enough that that few percentage points here or there in terms of your intensity or what you're able to produce makes a big difference when you're mm-hmm. playing against teams that have got players like Watkins who's been ready for the Premier League for a long time he's got everything in his locker already scored a few goals in the Premier League now and will go on to have a successful season I'm sure of it um, Grealish who is in, in a weird way, still quite underrated. I mean, every time you see him play, you you, you hung away thinking probably the best player on the pitch, and it happens so often. But I think I think when they launched uh, Barkley from Chelsea, obviously, and and his price will have gone up massively with performances like this. Um, you sort of think he kind of provides a brilliant kind of distraction, foil, right? yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, yeah, brilliant foil, a distraction from from uh, how how important uh, Jack Grealish is, is to that side because he just kind of. You know he can get on with whatever he's doing while all of the opposing uh, defence kind of concentrate on on Grealish. I thought they were they were both of them were fantastic. And isn't it interesting how we think of if you look at it on paper and you look at Barkley and Grealish and go, well, if you play both of them, that's a gamble, particularly away mm. from home against a good team. But what they can do, and and you'd 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 put um, Eze in, that, in this group as well, the Crystal mm. Palace player. They carry the ball. They carry the ball so well, they relieve the pressure. And just a, just a handful of seconds with a carry in the ball can get. The, it means the rest of your team can get into shape again. You can get into the position you need mm. to get into, and it relieves a lot of pressure. And and a, and, a, and a player we should give a mention to that we haven't talked about about this game so far is Matty Cash, who's been brilliant since he's come to the Premier League. He's been ready for the Premier League for a little while now, and he's played up against on that left obviously playing right back on that left side. Saka, who's been in the England team and everyone's been raving about him. Tierney, who's an international player. And Obama Yang, who I know drifts, but is also kind of starting on that side as well. And he was magnificent. He was better than all of them. Mm. So positive signs for Aston Villa. Mm. And I'm not saying they're going to go on and do anything amazing or whatever, but given they've got you know, no European football, given that they look on their day that they can um, that they can beat anyone, and also given that no one has conceded fewer goals than them in the Premier League this season means... At this stage, they're looking in great nick. They're, they're sixth. They're um, three points off the top, and they've got a game in hand. It's crazy. They've already done amazing things, to be honest. I think yeah. it's not. Yeah, you know. But if they hot... stop now, they will get relegated. Kate, I just want that absolutely clear. <laughs> you should not be their coach with that kind of motivational talk. Well, Dean Smith looks to have really, really drilled this side yeah. brilliantly, and also uh, made the most of, of the tools in his. Wait for it. 
Arsenal. Yes. Uh, who have... In his villa, perhaps. <laughs> a weapon like Pablo Escobar. A villa full of weapons. Mm. <laughs> um, we're not saying that's what we think Dean Smith has got, just on <laughs> no. the record. And you can say what you like about Escobar because he's dead. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. good point. Yeah. Um, it's actually six hours and 26 minutes since Arsenal last scored a goal from open play in the Premier League. What do we make of that? What do we make of them generally? Well, I've, I think they're a work in progress. I think um, you, you sometimes... St- Look, you sometimes struggle to find new things to say about Arsenal because of the situation they find themselves in and because they're so inconsistent. In a way, it's similar to Man United. Like it's one step forward, one step back, but you would back Arteta to have a plan to see, you know, for them to actually to, to actually do do something eventually. But I think this game is, is, is a tough one for them because Aston Villa was so rapid and so intense and because Arsenal had a European game and the play, half the players looked knackered. I mean, it's not great to be able to have to say this on a football show because we want to get up about football, we want, we want to talk about it and we want to get excited about it and the Premier League is great. But if this is what's happening in November, I mean, all bets are off. Like You, mm. you don't know what you're going to get. And we've seen that time and time again. And it's ironic, isn't it? Because in the Premier League, there have been seasons where they've, the people marketing the Premier League have said, well, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and you, and you, you do. do. You do, yeah. <laughs> but, this, but this season you don't. Mm. And, yeah. they're, and they're pretending everything's fine. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's true. I mean, Martinez also lost a little nugget off. I think I got this one off Richard Jolly, let's face it, on Twitter. Uh, more Premier League clean sheets at the Emirates than Burnt Leno this season. There you go. They Hello. sold the wrong bloody goalkeeper. Little doff of the cap as you walk off. That's all you need to do. <laughs> you, need to make, you need to hammer it home. Just give him a little nudge. How you doing? Nice to see you. <laughs> they did, yeah. they seemed very friendly with I'm they, sure they are. When they, uh, sure they yeah, are. waving and smiling yeah. and, yeah. you know, you know mocking. Burnt Leno got really angry from a stretcher once, didn't he? Yeah. I don't when he, got inju- he got injured when he went off against Brighton. Oh, oh, maybe down, yes. but I'm not out. Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> like up for it. Like, maybe not stretcher, he can move. Up for the cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you remember, uh, let's talk a little bit about Ebrichie Eze, shall we? This 4-1 win uh, by Crystal Palace against Leeds. Bad bloody week for Leeds mm. uh, the biggest defeat since being promoted on Monday at home to Leicester that was 4-1 and then they just uh, did it again but mm. away um, but third start for for Palace after he joined as you said Luke from QPR uh, and it was it was a lovely old free kick goal wasn't it beautiful way to score his first Premier League and, and a good way to get off the mark in the words of Marcus Speller, easy, easy, easy. Yeah, he's he's a player who um, who suits Palace's style perfectly because he, can, as I said a second ago, he can carry the ball. And I think, although you you think of Crystal Palace as being a better team away from home, I think the way that Leeds play um, does kind of feed into the way Palace like to play. And Palace could just try and soak it up. They, a lot of their players do a lot of work in there, particularly midfield. And then obviously the four players can drop in as well. And then Leeds are playing a baffling formation. I, think, I couldn't really work out what they were doing. Um, but then that's I'm not going to complain about that because I love watching it mm. um, so yeah, I think Leeds are going to find that I, I personally think they'll be fine this season I think they'll do well in, in the Premier League this year um, as much as anything can be predicted but they are going to get results where they just get unstuck mm. and they've lost three of their last four now so you know you, you always have this idea about what, what um, Bielsa is going to do next they've got the joint worst defence in the Premier League which is a concern mm. um, but it's, it's a bit early at the moment to say much more than that I think do we care, Pete, that Patrick Bamford's goal was ruled out for pointing? Oh, that was mental. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> I like the decision like that. <laughs> uh, disallowed for pointing. That goal was disallowed for pointing. That's what it looked like they were saying, which is basically what was happening because the handball law changed, which meant he was now offside from his armpit. Uh, yeah, crazy. Is it armpit? Or, no, it's the bloody T-shirt, isn't it? 
Where's yeah, the t-shirt? Yeah. So it's so, sort so, of more like shoulder gun. Yeah. Depend, I guess it depends what which way it was What is this bit called? You should, uh, that's, that's, that's the that's deltoid, my, isn't it? Is it? The deltoid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that might, it might, might, might now be happening is that after all the years of, um, of suffering we've had from referees, we're now punishing them. In like a bit of showpiece theatre. We're punishing them. Where everyone is. Are they not punishing us? By making them... No, but we're making them do these decisions, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. As a collective group of football, as a community, we're making the referees the agents for these decisions. And, and also referee <laughs> in slow motion as well. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. yeah. If you look at... The, I, know, I know you were looking at them with your eyes, but mm. if you look at it at 500 Through frames a, yeah, per second... With five, with five cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the clockwork orange thing where your eyes are pulled yeah. open and you've <laughs> got to watch it again and again. Speaking to women as I think you might find that you're wrong. <laughs> again. Get on with it. Mic off. Do your family love you? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's refereeing decisions every every week. Uh, Wild. Curtis, so it goes. Mm. Do you like your job, guys? Yeah. <laughs> they must do. Referees. They must like their jobs a bit. Some of them. Oh, of course. I think, I, th- I think, but there, I think there are very few referees that you would hang your hat on and sort of go, "I trust this referee to deal with all of the new shit that, he's, that they've had to deal with." It's a bit rich. <laughs> <laughs> you a trustworthy member? <laughs> no, no, exactly. So in many ways, my you're member per- isn't trustworthy. You're, yeah. per- you're, yeah, you're perfectly placed to judge. Mm, exactly. Yeah, you, to, to, yeah. to to catch a killer, you've got to be a killer. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like that block on uh, BBC One's uh, Watchdog who used to be a house thief. Dominic Littlewood. No, he used to be a burglar. No, Dominic Littlewood was a little, little fella. Oh, right. Did he not use to be on a Dublin? <laughs> Coming up to the uh, master bedroom, yeah. some stairs leading up to the master bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Still gone on the member thing. Right. Um, oh, before we go, uh, the, the news that um, girls aren't elite. Let's have a little moment on this before, before we head out of, out of town. I don't think we're in agreement on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said to me, you wrote elite. it down. Yeah. You, the news is that girls aren't elite. Like, we know, obviously, during the lockdown, the kind of gap between the, the haves and the have-nots, people have access to big houses, for example, and can just stroll around their moated um, gardens mm. is, is, is fine. They can get their exercise. They don't have to go anywhere. Uh, but I have to say, I was even, even I was shocked by this one, which is that uh, women's elite development squads, so that's ages 16 to 21, are kind of, we'd think a kind of critical moment in their <laughs> football <laughs> development, no? Yeah, you can't um, miss those years out, really, can you? Ah, <laughs> oh, forget it. What was Rain Rooney some up to in being, those years? Nothing some, at all. Some of them are being made to play on their own. Mm. Aren't they? All the other play- teammates sat outside just to pr- teach them a lesson. <laughs> very, very key moment for Very them. unprofessional. Yeah. Oh, bless them. I feel sorry for their egos, let alone yeah. the referees. Anyway, they've been forbidden for atten- from attending training or playing matches, so Luke's not even really joking, um, mm. by the Football Association because they do not fall under the government's elite protocols. The FA have said the Barclays FAWSL academies and FA Girls Regional Talent Clubs are to be suspended during this period as their resources, including finances and personnel, do not meet the necessary elite protocols required and the real kicker in that the real little sting in the in the statement tale is that yes we bloody know girls don't have enough funding in their football that's yeah. the whole problem and now you're using it as an excuse yeah. <laughs> i think one of the biggest criticisms that you see thrown at women's football is that it's not of the standard of men's football right and that's that's the criticism people throw out right and the, the idea of this is is surely that how can you expect Women's football to improve and to get better when it's that expedient. When, yeah, when it's when it's when it's so um, <clears throat> when it's treated so poorly. I mean, treated, you, you've got you've got a situation now where the best women's players can absolutely earn an in- income as a professional as professional football players, 
and rightly so. And if they're not given the opportunity to develop, as you guys have already said, then it's just ridiculous. You're just pulling the rug out from under them and then you're going to punish them for it like you have in the past anyway. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and also, the optics of it are an absolute joke. How, how, they, how, they, can, how they can think that this is going to go over well, is, is it, well, doesn't anyone think about what this actually looks like in 2020? Another one, there's another one for Rashford to sort out. What's, what's yeah, next? get Rashi on ah. it. What's next on your Monday.com? What's yes. next on your Trello? Yeah, what are you going to do, Rashi? What's next Rashi? on your shopping list, uh, yeah, Rashford? Can you sort would, this out? That actually would be kind of wicked because he has had another big win, hasn't he? Getting the government to put in four hundred yeah, million towards they announced food. that U turn right yeah. after the Biden win <laughs> when <laughs> no one was talking about it. And the thing is, that's the, that's that's the mad thing about the world we live in at the moment, and where it touches on things like sport and and, and it, we know for a f- I, I will I will put money on the idea that this will be turned around. Right, because mm-hmm. it's going to be leaked, and no one's going to have thought about it properly, and there's going to be a public outcry, and then it's going to be overturned, which is what happens in every aspect of public policy in this country in 2020. The, our commi- the community not police the government. It's good, but they should be doing their job <laughs> properly in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, just... it's good that you've spotted my mistake. No, it's bad you made a mistake. <laughs> but these guys are making it all up on the fly, aren't they? I mean, this is the most absurd situation. Well, look at look at look at the shit show that happened before the first lockdown with women's football. This went look at look at how the the, <laughs> yeah. the frown Bundesliga managed to sort of yeah. continue th- th- throughout the whole thing, and 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 they just sort of went, oh, we might be starting again, we might not be starting again. We're going to stop the entire <laughs> league, and 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 clubs. There, there were there were players that were stuck on international duty uh, playing football in in like Jamaica, places like that. It was just like. I don't want to come back to my club because this is an absolute joke. I don't want to be travelling. There's no. I could be going back to places like um, France and, and England where the the league could be stopped almost immediately. And 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 they didn't want to go back to work because there was just, there's just no leadership. And I, we have to be cognizant of the fact that obviously, uh, you know, a lot of women's football is uh, funded by sponsorship. I think it's Manchester City's eighty percent, something like that. And the, the the problem is that that when the insurance companies, when the sports manufacturers uh, pull their funding because you know women's football isn't in, as in vogue as it is uh, right now, they're going to be in real trouble. And 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 teams like Manchester City and Liverpool, and, and I've spoke about this before aren't really into the nuts and bolts of actually running these football teams. They just think, can we make a bit of money off this? All right, well, let's, let's Or should we be seen to be doing it? Should we be seen to be doing it? Yeah, it's, 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 it's nonsense. And, and, and yeah, it, it's not just even women's football. We were talking about this before, about the, the, the fact that um, public school kids uh, seem to be allowed to play football on their school fields, whereas um, state schools just aren't. Mm. And it, it just seems to be it. Nobody's thought about this. Teachers don't even know what they're supposed to be doing, and it's almost as if the governing bodies of the FA and 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 to a bigger extent, I would argue, the governing body of the country uh, are just you know a pack of slogan slinging shit hawks. <laughs> no, but the, the, the thing is, there is there is an element of this. And how it touches every, shittocrats. Every, <laughs> you should have said that the first Sorry. time. Yeah, um, don't let him have an edit for that. Sorry, he should learn his lesson. Shittocrats. But, but, but I think, but I think there is. I want to keep talking over the camera. Camera, yeah. camera one. <laughs> Shit. I'll tell you what, Luke. Uh, they're uh, almost of our governor are a, a pack of uh, slogan slinging shittocrats. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Good night. Clip that. Thanks. What a line. <laughs> oh. What a line. Oh wow. I was wow. just going to say... So glad to be in the room for that. It seems frivolous now after that, but I was just, just going to say... I'm drink, just drinking my uh, bottle of Diet Coke while you all laugh and applaud. <laughs> no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't um, conflate like different gov- governing bodies who make different decisions about different parts of... of I'd like to. Yeah, Pete would like to, that's mm. fine. But, but what I do think is that there, there, were, there was a big amount of sympathy for decision makers at every level when this thing hit, because everyone knew, no one's had to deal with this before, it's a difficult mm. thing, and they had a good amount in the bank 
that people could that they could draw on to say, look, we're trying our best here, right? That ship's long since sailed. Let's get that absolutely mm. right. That's that ship has sailed. Nine months on or whatever it is, eight months. We know on, what we're up against. That's 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 sailed. Mm. And the fact that still no one is capable at the top level of whether it be a governing body of a sporting um, agency or whatever to sit down and say, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And how is it going to look? Is unacceptable. Mm. It's completely unacceptable. And and anyone, I would say, most people of any sort of competency, uh, competency can run an agency or a department when it's easy. Anyone can do stuff when it's easy because you come into work, you have your coffee, how's everyone getting on? Great. Do you all know what you're doing? Yeah, brilliant. When it's hard, it's the point of the responsibility. And, and time and time again, I feel like we're seeing decision makers at the top of the game are not being able to do the job that they, they say they can do. And they can all do it when they go hobnobbing at uh, number 10 or they go to different meetings or they go to a, a function raising money for charity and eat food and get pissed. Anyone could do that, Right. It's when it actually comes down to making difficult decisions and they fail in over and over again. It's, and this uh, is a it's almost as if they're uh, slog and shitting <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Your point was a great one as well, Pete, about um, the, the situation with sponsorship and how you know these teams, they're inclined to collapse if, if things get pulled and if they're mm. not being supported because it's something we've seen again and again in the States. They've got a really good uh, women's league now, NWSL, but they had two previous leagues collapse and basically what the situation seems to be is that uh, the appetite for supporting the women's game or women's teams when there is money lost, which is what happens whenever mm. you set up a league. It's the same thing that happened in the MLS. They lost lo- ha- money hand over fist, but the anxiety, the, the decision made is to pull out that money as soon as it's lost far more in the women's game than it is to consider it an investment. And yeah. in then it's like, oh, this is just what we have yeah. to do. And, we have to put and, money in and in the longer term, we'll get it back. And if you're a 17-year-old uh, footballer, why should I go into a why should I go into a a, a, a sport that may leave me high and dry in three years' time? Mm-hmm. The, the, the women's women's and, super league may not exist in, in five years' time. And if you're listening to this, thinking, "Well, I don't really watch women's football. I don't really know why this is relevant. Whatever, whatever." Well, you don't even need to take the women's football example. Mm. Take the grassroots football example. Mm. Take the football league example. There are people, good people at the football league, who are saying, "If you don't do something about this at the top level, X amount of clubs are going to go to the wall." And they're still dragging their heels on the solution. And we've talked about it almost every week since the pandemic on this show. The incompetency does not discriminate. It's wherever, um, wherever, it's, wherever football is to be found. And if we're not careful, we're going to be on a journey where we're just going to be watching, as Pete and I were joking about before we came in, we're just going to be watching <laughs> Liverpool v Man United every single week or Liverpool Man City every single week. And there's going to be five Liverpool teams or mm. five different Man City teams. Sounds good. And every week. We're, and the more I talk about it, actually, yeah. the more I don't mind it. And there's going to mm. be Le Arsenal, just all French players yeah. mm. for Arsenal. It actually st- sounds quite good. Yeah. yeah. What's those shittocrats in French? Le shit. Les merdocrats. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that was beautiful. And you know. Would it be Le Crat de Merde? <laughs> I think you might uh, be overcomplicating. I don't that know. One. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and what what more beautiful sentiment could we end on? Yeah, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, me and Pete did um, ten minutes on the Luke and Pete show about dog shit, so it can be did done. Uh, oh, beautiful! I mm. felt like you had a lot of material backed up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was backed up. Mm. That was the problem. Uh, tomorrow's show it is Marcus, Jim, and Pete. Say goodbye, you little shits. <laughs> Thanks very much, Kate. <laughs> but you looking forward to being back tomorrow? Certainly am. Yeah, get some more slogans. <laughs> some slogans, shitting, slogan slinging shittocrats. Go work on your mottos. Get them yeah. on the uh, iPad. Yeah. Play them out. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Bye, guys. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.